Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Talk They Hear You podcast, What Parents Are Saying, Prevention Wisdom, Authenticity, and Empowerment. This podcast is brought to you by SAMHSA's Talk They Hear You campaign. It is a national prevention effort that aims to help parents and caregivers talk with their kids about the dangers and risks of underage drinking and other drug use. This is part two of our Grand Families episode. We know from our overview discussion with Lisa Kennedy that there are many grandparents raising grandchildren in our country. And now we are honored to get to speak with Charlotte, one of those grandmothers engaged in this heroic endeavor. Hi, Charlotte. How are you? Hi, Debbie. I'm doing well. How are you today? Great. Thank you. Really appreciate your being here with us. So tell us a little bit about your grandkids and how long you've been in the primary care position and anything else you think we should know. Sure. Well, I am raising a grandson who is now 11 and a half. And the reason I'm raising him is because our daughter, his mother, fell into opioid addiction. And so my grandson's father passed away from an overdose of heroin. And so when our grandson was about four and a half months old, my husband and I realized that our daughter was addicted to pills. And we intervened at that point. And since our grandson was four months old, he's been living in our house. Our daughter struggled for several years with her substance use disorder and is now clean, but he was with us so long that it's almost to the point where this is the only home he's ever known. And his father's gone, so my husband fulfills a lot of the male role model for him in his life. Thank you for sharing that with us. We know that family situations are just difficult lots of times. And the decisions that you have to make and meeting reality where it is, it sounds like your family has really had a full dose of that. Yes. So do you find that you're really even dealing with the kind of drugs and alcohol topics yet with your 11 year old? And are you saying anything to him about that or is it feeling a little early? No, it doesn't feel early. He's in middle school now. And I do think that this is a critical time for kids. Um, His health class teacher has a curriculum on drug and alcohol use. And we had to sign a parental form for him to participate in that discussion. And I'm glad that we did because it alerted me to the fact that this would be happening. When I saw that there was going to be... Uh, course and curriculum around this, I reached out to his teacher to let her know that our family had been deeply affected by this issue and that our grandson's father had passed away of an overdose. And we thought that this could possibly come up in the course of discussion in the classroom. So we wanted her to be aware of the situation. That's so smart, really strong instinct as, as a, a caregiver. Do you know if it came up and, and was your teacher yes. receptive and all that? Oh, she was very receptive. And when you're raising a grandchild in this situation, 
you never know what the stigma of addiction is going to do and how people are going to take it. And I have to think before I say anything at times because I never know whether this information is going to come back to haunt my grandson and negatively impact him or be helpful to him. But I felt in this case, it would be a helpful thing. And it certainly was. And given that our grandson was born with neonatal abstinence syndrome, he has since been diagnosed with ADHD. Mm -hmm. And so he has a special plan at school for his supportive learning. And we have to renew that every year. So having a meeting with the team, his teaching team, plus his principal and guidance counselor uh, this year, it, it was a new school, but we had to make the decision, do we want to reveal this information or not? And I felt that it was important to do that. So we did. The frank conversation, all of his teachers know what his situation is. And quite honestly, it's been a good thing. They've been very supportive. I'm so glad to hear that. When we were speaking with Lisa, she mentioned a lot about services and counseling grandparents to look for those services and then engage and ask a lot of questions and assemble mm -hmm. a team. And it sounds like you really have had that experience. Was it yes. difficult to find who you needed to talk to or were you able to figure that um, out pretty quickly? Well, it kind of was because... Actually, I had my grandson in counseling services at age five, knowing that he was in a very unusual situation and there was probably trauma involved. And so we had him seeing a child therapist, however, was not a great situation. It wasn't bad, but it just wasn't great. And when the school called to our attention that they suspected he had attention deficit disorder, after they'd been watching him for a few years, they recommended a neuropsychological evaluation. And that was how we uh, made progress because the neuropsych evaluation was conducted by a PhD psychologist who is also a certified school counselor. And it's a male and our grandson is male. So when he completed that process, I asked him if he would be available to do therapy for my grandson. And he said that he had an opening and could take him on. And so my grandson's been with him for about three years. And he goes every other week for therapy. And it sounds like there was a connection with him and you could feel the mm -hmm. connection between that therapist and your son, grandson. Very much so. When this other, this current therapist, when they first started working together, I would hear a lot of giggling and laughter coming from the room. So the process that he goes with is... He plays with them pretty hard, like a guy, but then they talk. And so he breaks it up. And so there's a lot to be said for that. You're describing something that feels like kind of instinct and that parenting and that grandparenting instinct about what your kids need. Was it hard as a grandparent to re-enter and trust your instincts or, or did it come pretty naturally or is it a learning process well, along those lines? <clears throat> sure. I think that being a grandparent, raising a grandchild, you have a lot more experience. So you don't second guess yourself as much as you do when you're a parent the first time around. Interesting. And, and having been through what we went through with our daughter, I, I'm not going to be fooled twice. If things aren't going well, I will believe 
that I'll know earlier on if things are not going well. But unfortunately, substance use disorder diseases are always well hidden. And so it's hard to be a detective and really know what's going on with your kid. But, you know, this whole idea of talk, they listen, this really takes me back because of when I go back and look into the history with my daughter and I realize, you know, this is a person who had a lot of opportunities and a lot of talents, but I think she had underlying mental health issues of anxiety and some depression that was untreated. And we tried, but it was untreated. And then add in some trauma that she experienced in her late middle school, early high school year. That trauma, I think, just added another layer. And so she ended up in a substance use disorder. And if I could go back and change the course, I would. You know, a lot of times when you have family members struggling with substance use disorder, you're told, well, you know, the train's going to leave the station, whatever you do, it's just going to happen. I don't know that I really want to believe that. I think as parents, we can be a lot more proactive, really have to watch what's going on, watch their friends, all the classic things that we now know. This was some 20 years ago when this was happening to me. And I, I didn't have a good idea of what was going on with her. So, yeah. I appreciate your saying all of that. I think parents do struggle with assessing what's going on in the moment. Is this normal behavior? Is this kids will be kids? You know, is a beer really that big of a deal? Do their friends really make a difference? And it's a complicated topic, like you said. And sometimes the answer is yes to all of that. Sometimes, you know, maybe it's not as big of a deal. So I think parents are really struggling today in trying to understand how much action they need to take. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel very lucky to have the therapist because yeah. I know he is on top of the game. And yeah, I think that not all parents have the luxury of having a therapist working with their loved one, their child. Yeah. And you can kind of tag team a little bit. And it's harder today, I think, than it was even when I raised my daughter because of the social media. And there's so much going on with the kids under your nose that you're not always aware of. With our grandson, we keep pretty close eye on, he does not have a phone. He's probably the only kid in his grade that doesn't have a phone. I don't want him to have a phone. I don't think he needs a phone. He has an Apple Watch. If he needs to reach us, if he's out somewhere, he can call us on that. But we watch what he's doing on the iPad and on the computer and the online gaming, who he's talking with. So you really you, have to be a place. Yeah. How difficult is that? Do you use monitoring tools to watch all those things? Do you just look over his shoulder? How does it actually happen? We, yeah, we really look over his shoulder and we keep close track of who he's talking with and who he's with. The other thing that we do is we keep him active in sports. And we participate, we take him, we watch the games, we know the parents, we know the kids. So I think having a community around, uh, just a general community of people with their children, even though we're older, they seem to accept us, the parents, even though we're a generation older, they are accepting of us. And that, so it that's, works okay. 
That's great to hear. I was going to ask you about that. Do you do you feel like you get supported from the community? Is there anything you did that you think facilitated their accepting you or is it just a good community? Well, it's kind of funny you ask that because I was at my grandson's game yesterday and three of the moms came up to me and one sat down right next to me and was telling me about her week and another one had called me for advice on where she could take her parents to dinner on Saturday night because they were visiting. And I thought to myself for the first time ever, I think I'm sort of like their mom. <laughs> you know, they're coming to me for, you know, advice. So I think from that standpoint, I'm sort of the support to those to those moms. Very so very mutual. That's lovely. And to be open to that as a grandparent. Mm -hmm. I think that that has to play into it too. I mean, it sounds like you've been very open with the community and available to your community too. Yeah, I have. And there's one place I don't go and that's the PTA. <laughs> I don't oh, want to be the oldest PTA volunteer. I did. I mean, if they're desperate and they call me, I'll, I'll help, but just think it's their turn. So yeah. I like that. So you're kind of finding your own boundaries in mm -hmm. this role. So no grandparent out there should feel pressured to have to jump back into the volunteering thing. It doesn't sound mm -mm. like. I don't think so. I think you can still have a sense of belonging. And I do it for the grandson. I mean, that's why we do what we do. Right. We, we could certainly be doing other things with our lives at this point, but we want him to feel a part of things and included right. and not that he's an outcast sounds like you're doing a wonderful job of that. Thank you. Lisa was talking to us about how some grandparents don't really understand the substance landscape that's out there. You know, there's so many different types of drugs and so many different forms and vaping and all the stuff. Do you tell us a little bit about how you've tried to understand what's out there. Okay. The first resource that I rely on is our local police department because they have a little trailer that's set up like a teenager's bedroom. And you can actually physically go in and see all the kinds of things that kids might be doing that are going to hide that they're vaping. And there is a culture all around it with logos on t-shirts and caps that kids that are into this will wear. And it's not obvious. You have to really understand what the logos are. Right. And they are aware of those kinds of things. So the police department has a pretty good set of resources. And I'm trying to think, I mean, we all hear the news about the fentanyl crisis. And that doesn't really help anybody because if it's getting sneaked in to things, there's not a lot we can do about that. But I think just being aware of what is happening with the substances in our country is a good idea. So any advice that you would give grandparents raising grandkids in this effort? I mean, it's a heroic effort that you're undertaking. And I don't know, any advice, any suggestions, things to do? Well, first of all, you've got to put on your oxygen mask because this is a very challenging situation to be raising a grandchild. You're physically not as capable as you were and you've got it. Self-care. We hear that a lot. Self-care, self-care. Take care of yourself. Get your rest. Make sure you're getting your exercise and eating properly and seeing the doctor when you need to. So that's number one. 
But if you're a grandparent raising a grandchild, most likely, often it's because of a substance use disorder in the parent. And remember that some of those things maybe you missed before, like the change of friends, you know, keep track of who your grandchildren are hanging around with. Really be discriminating because when now you're older, you're wiser. The first time around, you wanted to be more open-minded, but this is different now. If you've actually seen the outcome of not being as proactive and not saying no to certain friends, then this time around, it's different. You're not going to be as easy on these things. But I also think that having your child in therapy is really important because most of these kids have had trauma. Most of them have mental health concerns. And I think that is the ground floor of any substance use disorder is the mental health. So make sure that you're addressing your own and that you're addressing theirs as well. That is such incredibly wise advice. Thank you. Thank you. I think we're going to go ahead and end our conversation now. But that said, let me just ask, is there anything else that you would want to share with us today? I think one other thing I might say is be careful in your own home with the role model that you are around your grandchild. You know, think about your alcohol use. And it's very important to set the stage and be a good role model. And it's not enough to just say, oh, you can't do this because you're not 21. I think it's good to be a good example and show how to live life in a healthy manner without needing the use of alcohol or substances to settle yourself down. And in a lot of states, marijuana is being legalized. So right. you know, more of that's going to be coming into the home. So just you know, tr be a good example as best you can. It's incredible advice. Thank you so much. We just uh, admire um, the work and admire the commitment to your family. It's really something. And we feel like all grandparents that are doing this are really taking on their family and really wanting the best. And it's quite something. We want to remind listeners that all Talk They Hear You materials, including this podcast, can be found at the Talk They Hear You website which is Talk They Hear You, all spelled out, no spaces, dot SAMHSA dot gov. SAMHSA is S-A-M-H-S-A dot gov. Please share the site and this podcast with your friends. The more we can be in conversation with each other, the better for everyone, especially our kids. Lastly, we would like to hear from you. Would you like to be on our show? Do you have stories to share or tips or techniques that have worked or not worked for you as a parent? Do you have questions for us? Any feedback for topics or improvements of any kind? We know that your input will help us design the most useful interviews possible. For any of this, please contact us at whatparentsaresaying at gmail.com. All spelled out, whatparentsaresaying at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time.